God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. This session will feature two speakers with up to 20 minutes each. After that, the attendees will be able to ask questions of the speakers. The audio of this session is being recorded and will not be edited. Please note that this session will be available online or as a podcast feed. So some info on the webinar. As you have noted, webinar is view only. Attendees are automatically muted. Attendees are not visible to each other or to the people on the panel. Only the panelists are visible. Please use the Q&A function to ask your question of the panelists. Use chat for supportive comments. We ask that you keep what you see and hear here confidential and that there be no recordings or screen captures. Please respect the anonymity of all who attend. For our speakers, the timer will give a signal when five minutes remain and when time has elapsed. Remember, you are being interpreted into French, so please speak slowly. And our first speaker is going to be Michelle. Um, France, can you raise your virtual hand, darling, so it moves you up on the panel? And then uh, let's, let me just pull up. As you said, Michelle, is that right? Yes. Great. Great. Whoops. Nope. <laughs> Everything's wibble wobbling around. And one second. There she is. Spotlight for everyone. And Michelle, you're there. You go. Go ahead. Great. Thanks, everybody. Um. Yeah. So I'm Michelle. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I've been coming to OA for a little over, yeah, France up here, just making sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been coming to OA for about three and a half years and maintaining an 85 pound weight loss. Um, yeah, uh, a little bit, I guess, about my story, um, yeah, I was kind of asked to speak at this panel in regards to being a young person. So um, that's awesome. I, you know, it was actually kind of an honor to come to OA after being a student for a long time, but then being old enough uh, coming in at age 28 um, to be like, oh, you're the new, you're the young person again. And, uh, you know, not being a student anymore felt pretty good. I don't know if that was totally necessary, but, um, you know, I was, I was really w warmly welcomed in a way coming in, um, you know, to, to get out of the isolation, uh, to meet friends, to understand other people, um, who had problems with food like I did. And I could totally relate to being, a uh, an eater, specifically the eating part. Um, not that I tried to do a lot of diets. Um, I didn't really try exercise too much. Although, you know, when I went to school, um, it was a walking campus. So that was one benefit. Um, gradually, 
um, I tried a little bit more exercise and I had lost about 50 pounds at one point and I felt so great. I was in a new town and I had a birthday party and I was like, I got all the best food and I did invite a couple people, um, but it was kind of last minute and, and only one person came and it was like, I have a table full of food and I lost the weight, but it didn't relieve the feeling of being alone or um, belonging. And so um, I ended up gaining back the weight. Um, I had another unlimited food plan. Um, going back to another session of school and going through um, a difficult transition. And, you know, um, so I'm grateful that I found this program and that I've been able to lose that weight and more just by eating three meals, three healthy meals a day, uh, one optional snack. And um, yeah, continuing to do that, you know, I had one person at a meeting bring me even uh, maintaining a healthy body weight pamphlet at some point. And I was very touched, um, you know, when I got closer to goal weight, that there was more that that wasn't the end of my journey. So yeah, I keep coming back. Um, yeah, I've, I've got a sponsor and I, I work the steps. I've um, been a sponsor a few times and that was very difficult. Um, I even considered it as a way to, you know, improve my honesty skills with another person. Um, and I'm very grateful for all the lessons I've learned from sponsoring, yeah, sponsoring people older than me, but it wasn't necessarily a concern, you know, it was more about focusing on the food and focusing on the steps. And um, I learned more from other people going through their lives and hearing stories, um, you know, things I've tucked away. I was in, um, I attended religious services for a long time growing up. And every time they would mention any topic of parenting or something like that, I always tuned out. And, you know, being more of an adult, I'm like, how do I help people or train people at work and be patient while they're learning? And I'm like, oh man, I missed out on a lot of good information, you know? So hearing other people in program, like that they went to a meeting on the day they got married or um, that they could get through a medical situation um, just by doing the next right thing, getting the information they needed, asking the questions they had before having fear about going to the next thing, hearing about people um, going through pregnancy abstinently, like things I, that might be, you know, a path that I go on, um, but to learn about how other people live it is, is really valuable to me. So yeah, I guess I'll move on to um, the topic for this workshop. Um, how can we be more diverse and welcoming in OA? So I've got a couple, I've done a little bit of writing on the questions. Um, like how do I greet newcomers at meetings? I wrote, oh yeah. Our formats and our meetings um, offer newcomers to introduce themselves and stay after with a newcomer greeter. I volunteer when I'm available after the meeting. Um, there's been a couple times where it's easier to greet people in a group um, for an in-person meeting or even in a virtual meeting. Um, especially, you know, 
someone who has been in the program longer or someone who more closely identifies um, with the person in the room. Uh, it's good to, to meet each other that way too. Um, I also try to you know get everybody's contact information, write it down, save it my phone, save the chat, take a photo of the we care sheet. One meeting I'm in, we have a monthly service position to be the newcomer greeter. And um, you know, I, I have another meeting that says take each other's contact information to stay in contact throughout the week with newcomers, returning members, and each other. Together we get better. And so even though it's a newcomer greeter, um, just to contact those people from that meeting, no, no matter if they're long timers or new people, um, is a good way to stay connected and, you know, exercise the muscles to call somebody else in program. I've had a couple meetings, you know, which I was kind of new to at first. Um, someone would ask to, to talk more or to hear my story a little bit. I've met um, one lady was able to come to a meeting early and we kind of sat uh, outside the meeting before it started. And I was like, okay, try to give my summary. And, you know, about 10 minutes we had to chat before the meeting started. Um, that was pretty important. You know, someone could be really honest in a one-on-one -on -one setting. That's kind of what my sponsor did. She followed me or, you know, getting in the car after the meeting. She was like, hey, can we chat for a little bit? And it was really unbelievable to hear someone else who looked so happy, so sociable, um, not how I felt on the inside to be able to say like, oh yeah, like I, just like me, you know, like I stored the food in my room near my bed where I could get to it. Um, I'd go out on long drives or in the middle of the night to get food and that kind of thing. And it was really touching that they took the time to talk to me and be personal and that it was, you know, incredible to connect with somebody who had the same response to food that I do. Um, we also had a really great thing. Um, I'm in my local area intergroup and um, to help people, you know, with the summary story, we published um, some articles in our local newsletter um, to just give like the basics of what, what to cover, you know. Uh, this was my disease. Um, the, the steps are what helped me. The higher power can be whatever you choose. Just keep coming back. Um, go to six meetings, find what works for you, um, that kind of stuff. It's really important. Let's see here. Yeah, we've been doing great um, online. We kind of got a little checklist at the end of our meeting, like make sure to get their email address, um, get them a newcomer pamphlet. We, our style used to be um, everybody passed around the newcomer pamphlet and wrote our phone numbers in it. And um, we do that now. Our meeting list is digital. Um, we send it out by email with the Zoom passwords and that kind of thing. So we make sure to get an, um, a newcomer's email address and send them our meeting list. Ask if they'd like a digital copy of the newcomer pamphlet or a physical copy. 
um, our inner group can mail them out or we can actually gift them, um, you know, donate it for um, different e-readers or digital platforms, which is great. We've had, a, you know, people come visit our meetings from um, Europe and a couple other places. And so just having that digital option to get it there, you know, that night so they can start reading is, is really great. I did also get to go drop off um, some literature because a lot of my meetings are literature meetings. And so, you know, we pass around reading if, if they like to share. And um, there's also digital versions, I think, um, e-reader versions of the 12 and 12, um, but that I could go over to someone's house and give that to them, give them an, a welcome coin, give them, a uh, meeting list and and hug and just time to listen and chat um, was pretty valuable. You know, I want to be able to give that attention to each new person if if I'm able to um, when I had time. We got. Yeah, some of the diversity in our meetings I can talk about a little bit. Um, a lot of compulsive eaters, compulsive overeaters, undereaters, bulimic, exercise bulimic, sugar addict, binge eater, anorexic. Um, we've had a couple members that have come in, you know, and their first concern is to say, um, I'm thinking about getting surgery. Am I welcome at the meeting? And it's like, yes. We have no opinion on outside issues. Um, this program can support you um, with whatever you know your eating goals are, that kind of thing. Um, another, some other concerns about um, emotional disorders or um, different spirituality. I'm not wanting to meet in a religious facility. Um, you know, we had other options. Our intergroup had some meetings uh, in a hospital or in a gym um, or phone meetings can work for people too, if that's, if that's a concern. Um, we did a couple of outreach when we were doing um, fairs. We, we went to a holistic wellness fair, you know, people who are open to different spirituality uh, in a different way that was unfamiliar to me personally. And, um, you know, I could really see the connection and I was, I was grateful uh, to have that experience and to welcome others. I think uh, some people mentioned earlier, you know, the fellowship is not anonymous and I, I've heard just a couple of people and maybe even me at some point had seen, had heard it on TV, um, our inner group, or was it World Service? They noticed a big spike. There was a game show that mentioned OA and uh, there was a lot of like internet searches that day uh, for people looking into OA. So that was kind of a good broad connection there. We are talking about, um, you know, the OA's unity with diversity policy came out again or more recently we've been aware of and there's a checklist that goes along with it our meeting um, has monthly business meetings and we decided to go through 
one or two questions um, up to 10 minutes every business meeting. Um, we're taking notes on, you know, different people's opinions of what we could change in our format or what we could um, change about our location. It's also been um, good to have those conversations of with people of, um, you know, going back, if we want to do a hybrid meeting, you know, who, who the meeting is accessible to, um, if it's going to be hybrid online so people from other countries can visit, or if we want to have it in person, making sure there's a wheelchair accessible ramp. You know, we went and explored, there's like another door around our building um, that we could invite people to. Um, the checklist also mentioned, there's, there was another quiz quiz that went around from another intergroup and uh, it mentioned, you know, seating arrangements and, you know, having bench seating or different chairs or extra chairs available for people to come to meetings. Let's see. Michelle, you have five minutes. Thank you. Um, yeah, there's a couple of great things, you know, going, doing service and going to some of those health fairs, I've seen the different um, pamphlets, um, you know, for different specialties for, um, for men in OA, like to the teen, um, to different groups like that. There's the pamphlets for anorexia and bulimia, this little group of pamphlets with different stories uh, for people to connect some other things. The, the, our meeting that met in the hospital, um, we subscribed to when Lifeline was the magazine that came out, we subscribed for our own meeting to have a copy. We would read some of the stories, um, but we also subscribed to one and gave it to the hospital waiting room. Um, they agreed that they would like to have that. And so we had that available to connect to the hospital. Um, See, we had some Spanish big books at our big book meeting. Yeah. And then, yeah, all of our organized outreach has just kind of been in our area. Um, we had a local newspaper article. We've gotten uh, billboards. We had a lot of extra funding um, without having in-person um, World Service Business Conference without having to pay for airfare and hotels, we had extra funding. And so we've had um, a spike in our public information, public outreach campaigns with billboards um, in different areas and um, um, ads on the side of buses to, to have our name in our intergroup website and the hotline phone number. Um, Lots of different things. There was someone that called the hotline and they were unable to call, they, they weren't able to attend virtual meetings. They didn't have the digital platform um, and they might have been able to do phone meetings, but they were specifically looking for an in-person meeting um, on a bus route. And so that was, you know, something to consider when starting a new meeting in our area to consider other people. What else? 
Yep, we've been posting on social media. We've had some really great people putting together, um, you know, struggles with food, pictures of the scale, pictures of the refrigerator, um, having this fight with food, the roller coaster ads um, on social media, um, also as an as a way to reach younger folks. Um, I went to a meeting really early on in recovery um, up in a different state. They had a special young person's event. They noticed that they hadn't had young people at their meeting in a while and they had a special fellowship night. And I drove like an hour to get to that meeting <laughs> and um, felt really welcome, welcomed. They had um, like a meeting before and after, a small dance party, a photo booth, and just the links that they went to to be welcoming and inviting. Um, you know, I really felt connected to those folks after making the effort to be there and also the effort to be there for other young people. Um, I know even in my, yeah, so our intergroup hasn't reached out much um, to try to have 18 and older in our meetings. And I'm very interested in the young person's inner group that's developing and um, how we can use their resources in conjunction with ours um, to help other people like me who were in college and you know our health classes, I saw a video on anorexia and I was like, wow, that's intense. That, that wasn't the manifestation of my disease was not anorexia. I had um, a bulimic roommate at one point and I was like, that seems like a problem, but I didn't know that OA existed or that there was this disease um, that they're related. So yeah, back to the, the TV and the game shows, the overreading part of it um, is also, you know, out there as well, which is great. So yeah, those are my variety of notes and ways to reach out to others. I think just having um, the business meetings to hear other people's ideas to incorporate them into our format or our inner group. Um, Time is up. Thank you. Everyone has lots of different talents to reach out, social media and other things. So it's great to do this as a group. And with that, I pass, thanks. Thank you so much, Michelle, that was fabulous. And our next speaker is Alyssa. Hi, my name is Alyssa and I am a compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? And yeah. I apologize in advance to the interpreters. I speak really quickly. I'm gonna do my best, but I apologize in advance. Um, so my name is Alyssa. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm from Greater New York Metro Intergroup, New York City. Brooklyn specifically. And thank you, Michelle, for sharing the panel with me. Um, I am in the rooms for about 20 years, a little over 20 years. I have a sponsor, I'm not using her appropriately, telling on myself. I have sponsees who have sponsees who have sponsees, and my sponsor has a sponsor, presumably has a sponsor. I kind of feel connected. Uh, which is really important, especially for me who felt so alone. And I used my size and my weight to keep people away. 
So 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago, I came into the rooms, probably about 300, 325 pounds, um, 100 and so, 120, 30 pounds more than I am right now. I can't do the math to kilos, I'm sorry. Um, and I hated myself. I hated myself for being fat. I hated myself, therefore I was fat. And I hated myself, just, I was, I hated myself. And I went online back to find this, because I'd heard about OA through the person I was dating from NA, Narcotics Anonymous. And we went online back in the days of dial-up service and found you know, OA, we found the phone number, we called them, they, they snail mailed me a meeting list in New York. And I went to a meeting in Brooklyn, down two very long flights of stairs at 300 and something pounds. The thought of going up was scary. And I'm in a room with other compulsive overeaters and I get a hug. I got a hug that said, we love you just for being here. And I was there for the thing I hated most about myself. I was welcomed. Didn't want to be there, but I was welcome. I was seen. I was welcomed. We read the welcome home. I started crying. I was there. Enough that I went back two days later. That was a Wednesday. I went to a Friday meeting, another part of Brooklyn. And it was a, a schoolroom. And it was a high school where we have the chairs that have the desks connected. That at 320 something pounds, I did not fit in. Somebody loved me enough, saw me, loved me enough to bring a chair for me to sit in. Um, I would have left and never come back. Sometimes I'm amazed that I did come back after that or even stayed. Now, two things. One, when I'm setting out chairs in a meeting pre-COVID that I used to attend, we had chairs with arms on them and then some chairs without arms. I always make it a point of putting the, char the chairs without arms out and also in the, in the inner circle, not only on the outer circle, because I don't want anybody else who is too big to fit in a regular chair to have to be on the outside, because I always put myself, I often put myself on the outside being too big, literally couldn't fit through things. I had to stay outside. Um, I was loved and I was welcome. I am very lucky to be in New York City. So out of all the meetings that I've ever attended, I think there might've been one or two meetings where I didn't feel comfortable to say something about being queer, gay, lesbian, dating women, any way you wanna put it, being not, be, being not straight. I had never, only two meetings. One, I just got an odd feeling and another was a regular meeting. It was a home meeting of mine. I went there every Monday for a number of years. And 
I would show up with my motorcycle helmet that had rainbow stickers on it, but I was very careful to not use pronouns when talking about relationships. I didn't feel welcome there because it was, it just happened to be a group of uh, Orthodox Jewish folk. And I didn't want to be an outsider, even though I was, because I'm not Orthodox Jewish. And they were loving and kind and welcoming, but they didn't know the thing about me. And then I became friends with two of these women, like friends being in their house, working with their children, um, for doing some, some studies for that I was doing for school. And they each said to me in their own way, had they known I was gay, they would not have been my friend. So was I welcome? Not my whole self. When I let myself be known, yes, I was welcome. But I have it easy. I'm white and I'm in New York. And I have, I'm lucky enough to be part of a group, an organ, um, it's the welcoming committee for my, org, for my intergroup, where we did a survey to see what did other people think about it. And I love, Michelle, what you said, where you do an inventory of your intergroup and you're looking through things and it's like, and you listen to what people say. Because when I listen to what people say about their experiences in, in a way, they're not always as lucky as I am. And I truly believe OA saved my life. My father died of diabetes-related complications after having both of his legs amputated. He had diabetes-related complications because like any other foodie, he could not stop eating. And while I blamed him for dying, I was also resigned to getting diabetes. So this to me truly is a life and death program. And I, I know from this, um, from the survey that we did, there are people who don't feel as welcome as me. I know myself, I am, I have been guilty of um, being less than welcoming and understanding of anorexics and bulimics, especially earlier on in recovery. Like, if only I could be thin, I wouldn't care how I got there. And I was dumb, inappropriate, speaking out of ignorance because I did not understand that they too, like myself are sick and struggling. So I wasn't, I'm not always, I wasn't always welcoming to anorexics and bulimics. So watch what you do. My sponsor is an anorexic bulimic. I'm sponsoring bulimics. So watch what you, what you do. You, I wind up learning a lot. Um, I've seen people not be called on. It could be they're not in the in the in click, the in clique. If you are the in crew, they don't have the social capital of being around long enough. But there's a there's a theme that they tend to be people of color. In New York, I've seen it. And the reports that we got from our survey is, yeah, there are microaggressions and more macroaggressions, meaning there's slights. Now, some of it, it could be that when I'm in a meeting in person and I see my friends, I want to talk to my friends. But if I only talk to my friends, the people I haven't met yet 
never can be my friends. And then I'm, am I truly welcoming to everybody or only the people that I like or only the people that I see or only the people who look like me? And yes, I was liked because I looked like everybody as a rotund, as a morbidly obese white person, I walked into the rooms. I looked like other people in my meetings, but always to extend the, heart, the hand and heart of OA to all who share my compulsion for this, I am responsible. So I need to be reaching out to be me. Alyssa needs to be re reaching out to people who don't look like me. The anorexic, the bulimics, the people of color, the men. Um, and there's that always a weird thing in other fellowships. They say the men with the men, the women with the women, but we have a predominantly female fellowship. And there was only one or two times when there was a man who did not understand my friendship or my uh, fellowship request where they thought it was something else. Big dyke, not dating dudes, love some, some of my best friends are men, but I'm not dating you. Um, and like, I need to watch what I am doing, just like with any other defect of character or which were coping strategies that worked until they stopped. Food was a coping strategy that worked until it stopped. Being an arrogant fuck for me was, an, was a character defect that worked or coping strategy that worked until it stopped. Me being so worried about being in the in with a friend group is a character defect that I need to stop because it's no longer working for me because if I am not working with the entirety of the OA population, I'm losing out and my program suffers. My recovery world suffers. So is it selfish? Yeah. But is it selfish so that I can continue to recover? Yeah. But if I can recover, then I'm now looking out for everybody and it's no longer out of arrogance and out of selfishness, but out of love and care for everybody. So then maybe the end goal is lack of selfishness. I don't know. I'm just talking. What I do know is that the reports that people gave from the survey is that sometimes we, me, are too afraid to reach out to people outside of our friend groups or outside of people who look like us. And I know it's true. I've seen it. I've heard people say it and people wrote it. So as with any inventory, I might not like what I see, but until I face it, trace it, I can't replace it. I can't change something. Sorry, friends, it rhymes in English. <laughs> um, um, I, can't, I can't make any changes until I see it. And I don't see it until I look for it. Like truly, I have no problems. I didn't offend anybody. There's gonna be nobody on my ninth step list. Why bother doing a fourth step, right? I can't be the only one who thought this. And my ninth step list, each time is long. 
shorter each time I go through the steps, but it's there. Like when I was looking for my perfect higher power in the third step, my, I wrote out what I, if I could build the perfect higher power, what would that be? And then I went out and looked for it and I found it. I know when I want people to see, when I want, my disease wants me to see how nobody loves me and how horrible a human being, I can find proof for that. When I look, I can prove, find proof for the alternate. Yeah, you know what? I'm a pretty awesome person. When someone points out, hey, you're being whatever defect. Of course, my first reaction is defensive, which in itself is a defect. But as a loving human, a loving recovery person, a person who wants everybody who wants this recovery, the same chance that I got, if I want, I want everyone to have that. When someone points, shows a mirror and says, listen, you know what? That was a microaggression or that was not so welcoming or that was not so loving. I can take that as a gift. That somebody trusted me enough, loved me enough to say, Alyssa, there's something to fix. You're not nearly as perfect as you think you are. And I can take that as a gift. So there's a gift that um, OA, NYC, Metro Winter Group, whatever we are, has that people were honest enough and say, yo, things aren't great. And there's a lot, the people have pushed that back and say, wait a minute, what about the 10th tradition outside issues? Yeah, that is a problem. But the problem is that the lack of acceptance, unity, wholeness is an outside. That is the, is the problem. The lack is the outside issue or the lack is the problem. The fact that the isms, the racism, the homophobia, um, the ableism, the sizeism has come into our rooms is the problem. That Alyssa, is the problem. you have five minutes. Uh, thank you. That is the problem. So all of this is to say, we have the problem. What are we going to do to fix it? What am I going to do to fix it? I put up chairs. I make it a point of talking to people who don't look like me. I, spon I'm, I get sponsored by someone who has what I thought I wanted as the disease. And I get to hear her struggle. I'm open enough to learn, but isn't that the how of the, of the program anyway? Openness, honesty, and willingness. Honesty, open-minded, and willingness, I can't spell. But that's what it's all about anyway. So as with any inventory, like what am I not doing as great as I think I am? What can I, what is my part in that? What can I do to change it? And now let's go and do it because ours is a program of action. So my actions, I told you about those. One, oh yeah, one thing I wanted to say from the chair story earlier on, there were two things I wanted to say about the chair story. One was that one of my actions is I put out chairs for people. And the other thing is that as a result, I'm sure as a result of working this program for the past 20 years, I went back to grad school in 2009 
changed careers, completely different career, changed careers, it was great. Um, and this August, I decided that I'm a glutton for punishment and I went back for the next degree in that same field. So I am in school, I go to the school and yes, they have the chairs with the desks attached. So I sit down in the chair with the desk attached, put the desk down and I can write because I can fit in the chair. So right sized is, yeah, my thighs and my ass are smaller, but right size is also enough to say, you know what? Someone is telling me I'm hurting them. I'm going to listen. And it's hard to say I screwed up, but it didn't kill me any of the times I did a nine step amends. It doesn't kill me to say I messed up anytime I've done a 10th step and I made my amends there. It's not going to hurt me when someone says, let's say you messed up. What's going to hurt me is if I don't act on it. I usually start off my qualifications speaking, asking God to put words in my mouth so that I can carry the message. I don't remember having done that out loud. I say it in my heart, but I truly hope that someone's higher power put words in my mouth and that I was able to carry the message. And thank you all. Thank you so very much, Alyssa. That was just wonderful. And we will now open the floor for a question and answer session. Please type your question into the Q&A function, not the chat. The moderator will read out questions to the speakers and the speakers will have time for brief answers, set time for two minutes. And that's it. So I don't see any questions yet. Please put them in the Q&A at the bottom of your screen and we will ask our panelists questions. Um, there's some nice chats in the chat saying thank you and thank you for the help. So um, speakers, make sure you check the chat. Carol, I was a little spaced out. Did you say we can also take um, questions in French and we can get those translated? Oh, yes. we. I, I actually can read French. Oh, well, that's very handy. <laughs> I'll do the best I can. I'm not perfect. But um, I do have two questions now, so we'll go ahead and ask them. Um, so the first one is, OA is almost totally women. I'm gonna rephrase a little bit. How do we bring in uh, men? How do we bring in more men who need our help? Either one of you like to address that? I can share, I'm Michelle, I'm a compulsive reader. Um, we have a men's meeting in our area um, who's, you know, they've been virtual for a while and um, they're deciding to stay virtual for that reason to connect to people in other areas. Um, they've also used 
oamen.org. I think it's oamen.org. Um, they have lists of sponsors, uh, lists of men's meetings, um, and that kind of thing that I've that I've seen be suggested by other men in the program. Um, there's also been a little bit of effort on their part to reach out to others um, in other 12-step fellowships who are already familiar with the 12 steps, um, but who may not be aware of, of eating as an illness. So um, I think that's one of their other focus areas. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Um, Thank yeah. you. Go ahead, Alyssa. Our intergroup also has some men's meetings, but I think it's also uh, important for me as a woman, a member of OA to make sure that I welcome these guys and say, yeah, we are mostly uh, acknowledged. Yeah, we are mostly a female fellowship and you are, you are so welcome here to be told that because I've had, I've seen men come into our meetings like, oh, is this a women's meeting? I'm like, no, we just happen to have mostly women. But to say, no, make sure you are here, you're important, and we'd like you to keep coming back. I find that's, a, that's something that helps. I've, I've used that one. Thank you so much. So a couple of people are asking about the survey and the quiz from OANYC, from OA Metro. Um, is it available for us, for members to check out? And how was it received by the members, meaning I think that means, I think that means literally like, did they, was it emailed or I'm not sure how, what that means. How was the survey you spoke about received by the members? Um, I'll answer that in a, first, if you would like to uh, email any of the results to get the results, you can go to, to email welcoming at oanyc.org. And if that's not the correct one, JP, please will let me know. I think I see him on the um, on the chat as a participant. It's welcoming at, at oanyc.org. That'll get to the welcoming committee, which is now a standing committee in our in our intergroup. And it was received physically. People said, we said, here's a flyer. Go to oanyc.org, click on it, and fill out the form, fill out the survey. So it's online. We told people, we dropped, we handed out little leaflets, like, please do this. How it was received physically. How it was received other ways, some people, there was some pushback. There was some pushback, like, why do we need this? Like, well, read the results. You'll see that we do need this, you know. Thank you. Okay. Um, so how do we attract a more diverse membership? men, uh, BIPOC, this is attraction rather than promotion. How do we go into BIPOC communities and welcome them home? We've actually physically done that. I, there was some kind of a, a health fair in the African-American community as well as like a black veg fest, I think for the, for the um, BIPOC vegans or vegetarians, people went there specifically to talk members of OA went there. Um, I know there's, weren't there some like uh, targeted ads on uh, social media and in, I think Google searches, we've done that, or I've heard of those being done. I think the big thing is once they're in, how to make sure people come back. 
Michelle, did you also want to comment? Um, sure. Our our inner group was also reaching out to um, the Ebony inner group. Uh, we were interested in yeah any suggestions they had for our area. Um, we have some really great um, workshop coordinators who really try to get diversity in our speakers um, for our local workshops, which has been really great. And um, it's really encouraging to see, you know, their friends and fellows also come support them. And I'm just happy to see everyone at a workshop and everybody gets a name tag and you're welcome at, at the workshop anytime. So uh, that's me. Thank you. Okay, we have a couple more questions. Um, okay, this is to Michelle. What is the process for procuring from OA the file and digitally sending this welcoming packet to newcomers? Gotcha, yeah, there's a $1, um, it's a $1 pamphlet, it's on, um, yeah, I was sending that out earlier. Do I still have it up? There's a Kindle one and an Amazon one. Is that the same thing? I'm forgetting. <laughs> There's an iBooks, Amazon Kindle, and Nook, um, a Barnes & Noble one. So if you have, um, you can actually gift them to someone if, if they don't want to pay the dollar. You get their email address and you go into like your regular shopping cart of your account on that platform and you can um, send it to someone else's email address. They get an email and they redeem it and it shows up on their e-reader. Um, yeah, there's a couple instructions on OA.org of how to do it. And our inner group also put together some screenshots of how to do that too. So yeah, I could put my uh, info or my inner group info in the chat and uh, I can send you a copy of that too. Okay, thanks so much. Um, okay, how do we reach out to anorexics and bulimics to let them know that OA can help them? Either one of you want to take a stab at that? In our intergroup, we have meetings that are specifically for anorexics and bulimics. Um, again, that's keeping people in once they are come in the rooms. I know if there was a time that we did, uh, my intergroup did a big outreach to, um, to doctor's offices to try and let them know about it so that people, they can help let their patients and clients know about our intergroup and what we do. We did a big outreach that way. Thank you. Michelle, did you also want to comment or is that sufficient? I think that's uh, all I know uh, at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, Someone asked, is it possible to find a virtual meeting for Orthodox Jewish women? I think Michelle, you, or not Michelle, Alyssa, you commented on that. Um, yeah, I sent 
person my e my phone number. We can chat that later. But there are mess. There are. It just happened. This particular meeting happened to be a bunch of them. I would imagine through different communities, if you know where they are, that you're more likely to find. Like if I'm looking in for Jewish Orthodox Jewish, I might look in Borough Park in Brooklyn. I might look in Lakewood, New Jersey, different places that I would know. So I could help that person directly or um, maybe through some of the searches available. There are different ways of doing it. Or just check out because we're now virtual in most of the world, see what happens in uh, maybe Israel. Thank you. So, um, Two more great questions here. Um, I'm gonna read this first one completely. I have sponsored several women with serious mental health diagnoses who had been told by previous sponsors that they were too much. My sponsees felt judgment from others, but with me, they say they feel accepted. How can we support neurodiversity in OA to let them know that they can get help with food issues, even if they need outside help? Yeah, I think our our diversity statements, you know, whatever problem you may have with food, you're welcome at this meeting. Um, and that, you know, they're very welcome. Um, you know, just being really um, kind and welcoming with sponsees. I've learned a lot about um, listening to other people and being open to other things, um, even if it's not the way I would do it or... And, um, you know, noticing small victories, that's a big change for someone else um, as they're growing the program and finding what works for them. Um, yeah, that, that has come up in some of our, um, going through the questions in our diversity policy meeting and our business meeting, um, you know, for, for autism spectrum, for anything like that. Um, they're very welcome at the meeting, very welcome to share. Uh, everyone has a vote, everyone has a voice. Yeah. I just wanna shout out to the person who wrote the question saying that they're, they're able to make their sponsees feel safe and accepted. So basically this person has just told us what we need to do, has taught me what I need to do with these with people. You know, we are people who ordinarily would not mix. All right. How do I see the love and the and the and the, the spark of uh, the universe in that person? So I thank that person for the question. Thank you both. Um, any thoughts for how to keep atheists and agnostics in mind when qualifying or talking about HP? And also, how do we reach out to and include atheists and agnostics? who don't like the idea of a higher power. I can share. Um, yeah, I had somebody ask recently, they, they came to a meeting, we were talking about the third step and they were like, whoa, hold on this God thing, but I don't believe in a God. And I said, yeah, there's um, a whole chapter, we agnostics in the big book. Um, there's lots of people who feel the same way and have also found recovery anyway. Um, you know, it, keep an open mind. I've, I've heard, I think it's fun to hear different people's um, 
interpretation of their higher power as it grows. One of them, which I didn't understand for a while, was to use a doorknob as their higher power. And, you know, just as an inanimate object, something outside of themselves to, to take in new ideas. I was like, okay, kind of makes sense. And, and I heard someone else say um, more recently that it was the doorknob to the OA meeting. It was the gateway that they used to go into a new hope um, to find new solutions. And, and that was their higher power um, in, in that sense. And I thought that was really powerful. So I'm glad someone shared that. Uh, good question. And I love your response too. But for me, if I admit I'm powerless over food, Ben and Jerry, Little Debbie, Marie Callender, uh, Sarah Lee are all powers greater than myself. So I have to find something more powerful than them. Now I'm really lazy, so I use the word God, but God for me is grow or die, gift of desperation, gift of despair, grow, uh, group of drunks, good early direction, grace over drama, guardian over desserts, gang of dykes, or go outdoors. So for <laughs> me, um, any of those, I understand that bristling of theirs is God. Like I, I really hated God. If God existed, he hated me. So I did not want a God thing. But knowing that there's got to be something more powerful than food, that to me is like how I talk to, like when people have trouble with, with a God concept, it's like whatever's more powerful than food. And if it's that doorknob or the refrigerator door that's actually keeps me away from what's inside, then that is going to be the power greater than myself today because on my own, I'm going inside the door. I'll be like in the refrigerator. But yes, to remember that we do have different ways of approaching whatever spirit, spirit there is, is something that I need to be reminded. So thank you for the question. Thank you. And it seems that it's 730. So I'm just going to read a quick comment that someone made um, that they had some mentally ill people and uh, in the program and would like to see our literature adjusted with materials for people with um, who may have mental impairments. That was the term they used. So um, I'd like to, we'd like to thank everyone who attended this panel session and thank you so much for your service to both our speakers, fabulous and answering the questions. And we'll now close with the serenity prayer. So feel free to unmute. I think everyone can unmute and join in. Um, everyone on the panel can unmute. Oh, that panel can unmute. Okay. <laughs> so let's do the serenity prayer in the we form. God. Uh, grant us the grant serenity, us serenity to, to accept, accept the things we cannot, we cannot change, change, courage to change, change the things we can, can and, and wisdom, wisdom to know, to know the, the difference. difference. I will not mind be done. Thank you all. Thank Thanks, you. everybody. Thanks, France. Interpreters and translators. Great job. Great job. Yeah, you guys did great. <laughs>